today on the Rita Made Me Do It show. I needed to, you know, tell the world that I'm a matchmaker and I didn't know how to do it. And once again, my wife, the MVP, uh, she and my best friend, Andre Smith, um, they suggested that I create a video series and use that as my way to, you know, unveil to the world that I was a matchmaker. And keep in mind, this is, you know, this is 2009, you know, so YouTube is still just kind of bubbling. Um, and uh, so long story short is cr I created this, this, this uh, web series called The Modern Day Match Matchmaker, uh, The Modern Day Matchmaker. And you can go to YouTube, you can look at it now. It never, never got massive views. Um, but we consistently would put the modern day matchmaker out every week, high quality, you know, eight, nine, ten minutes. I mean, it was it was it was costing a fortune to put these out. We were literally we had literally used all of our savings to do this video series. Um, and uh, and and this is it sounds like a joke, but this is the honest to God truth is we would put the video out. We would get about nine, ten or eleven views over a week and I knew my mother was watching at least you know seven nine times so it was one of those where I knew literally it was like my mom the one person who was accidentally clicking on the video and then like one or two other people watching uh, and then after uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of putting those out uh, I got a message from the Oprah Winfrey studio because of Rita, I got on the news. Because of Rita, I had 15 speaking engagements last year. Because of Rita, I've become a six-figure business owner. Because, because of Rita, because of Rita, Rita I've doubled my revenue by doubling my clients. I'm Rita, business strategist, speaker, and success coach. Also known as the gal who went on 35 dates in 35 days and vlogged all about it. And this is the Rita Mimi Do It Show where every week I bring you the real information about what it takes to go all in on your dreams so that you can build a profitable business and live a positive life. Some weeks I'll have a guest and others it'll be just you and me. Like we're out on my deck sharing a bottle of wine. The conversation, yeah, it'll be that real. Welcome to another episode of the Rita Mimi Do It Show. You guys, today I want to talk to you real briefly about bank accounts. <laughs> and there's a reason for it, I promise, but I want you to picture a bank account. Now, when you put deposits in a bank account, you're able to make a withdrawal. So the more that you deposit into that account, the more you're able to then not deposit into that account and make a withdrawal. And I bring that up because content in your business is like a bank account. When you show up and you show up consistently and you show up repeatedly and you give great value and people see you and they know you and they know that you keep creating just content that's helping them solve problems and get results in their life. And the more that you do that, then the more that you can draw on that. Now, last week, I took a withdrawal from my content bank account because I brought to you a replay of a previous episode. In fact, it was episode two of the Rita Mimi Do It show where I interviewed 
Paul Brunson. He is incredible. He is the business columnist for USA Today. He's worked with Oprah. He runs multi-million dollar companies. He's had just a crazy amount of experience in so many industries. And I had interviewed him as my first guest on the Read and Me Do It show. Well, every quarter, I take a little hiatus for one episode so that I can plan new episodes and new interviews, right? And I was able to share with my audience that episode. I think what last week we were, you know, we're in our 30s when it comes to episodes. And so I have all different listeners who I didn't have at the beginning who got introduced to Paul. And guys, thank you for your emails. So many of you gave incredible feedback. It was not surprising. Paul is an incredible interview and he is full of so much information. But I bring this up because I'm making another withdrawal. (laughs) this week. And I can do that because, again, I have made so many deposits into my content account. Now, many of you may have heard, and many of you might not have, I have a dog. His name is Martini. He is going to be 14 in August. Uh, I should do an episode about Martini one day. I literally birthed Martini. Well, I didn't birth Martini. (laughs) That's not correct. Martini birthed into my hand. So I was there when Martini's mom went into labor and we birthed the litter of puppies. And the mom actually looked at the litter of puppies and was like, no, I don't know where these dogs came from and wouldn't do all the things she was supposed to do. So I became kind of like a de facto mother for Martini, but I was there from the first minute. So he has literally been with me for almost 14 full years. Well, last week he went into heart failure and there was just a lot that went on. He's okay now. He's got a good prognosis. He's going to be with us for quite a while, but it threw everything off last week that I was going to do. And I wasn't able to bring you the episode that I was going to bring you. But based off of the feedback that I got and requests saying, hey, where is part two of the interview with Paul? Now, That is actually episode three is where that is. But so many of you asked, I'm going to go ahead and this week make one more withdrawal from this account and bring you part two of my interview with Paul Brunson, where he talks about how he worked with Oprah. In fact, he tells you how a YouTube series, a YouTube video series got him discovered by Oprah. He tells you how he did it. He tells you what you can use out of that to put into your own business. And there's, I mean, this is probably my favorite episode of the Read and Made Me Do It show. And I've had some really great episodes, but this one is full of nuggets. And so I just want to say thank you to all of you for understanding and appreciating and sending all of the the love and the care and the well wishes to me or on my Facebook page about Martini. And I will be back live next week with a brand new episode called The Five Most Important Things That I Do in My Business and how you can put those into action immediately. And if you do, I promise you're going to get really big results. I'm really excited for that episode. I'm putting it together now. But this week, enjoy part two of my interview with Paul Brunson about how a YouTube video series got him discovered by Oprah and how you can use that information to grow your business as well. And remember, if you guys are showing up, think about the different areas of your business as bank accounts. Mindset is one bank account. If you're making deposits into your mindset bank account, then you can withdraw from it. Are you showing up? 
Are you doing your mindset work? Are you doing activities to really hone in on money mindset, on a abundance mindset? Because when you have moments like I did with Martini, you're going to be able to then withdraw from that account because there's plenty there. You don't have to deposit to it that day, right? And just like this with content, I've put many deposits into my content account, and this is one of my very few withdrawals. So I want you to think, where am I making deposits in my business? Am I making enough deposits that if I need to make a withdrawal, it's there for me? If you have any questions around that or this triggers something for you or you're like, Rita, I don't know, where should I be making deposits and how can I make these deposits? Then email me at Rita at RitaMimiDoIt.com and we can talk about that. And I will catch you next week on a brand new episode. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this episode with Paul Brunson. Thanks, everybody. There are just a few things I want to touch on before we end, but I just need to know exactly in detail how you met Oprah and what her phone number is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll give you one of those answers. Okay. okay. I'll give you one of those. Um, So how I met her is um, even just a, just a a super fast forward. So uh, while I was working with, uh, with Mr. Ugel, um, because I am Jamaican and I need 10 jobs at all times, um, I had a, uh, you know, I, I had this this, uh, this this nonprofit that was going that he actually helped to support, and 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 that's kind of what led me into the, into the matchmaking space. So I then quit, you know, working for him and 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 became a matchmaker. Now, my first year as a matchmaker was me just doing diligence. So I was, you know, just reading books and took a couple psychology courses, did an internship. Uh, with Rachel Greenwald, who was a uh, you know phenomenal matchmaker, and I, I started taking on pro bono clients, that kind of thing. And by the end of that one year of prep, I realized that I, I needed to you know tell the world that I'm a matchmaker, and I didn't know how to do it. And once again, my wife, the MVP, uh, she and my best friend Andre Smith, uh, they suggested that I create a video series and use that as my way to, you know, unveil to the world that I was a matchmaker. And keep in mind, this is, you know, this is 2009, you know, so YouTube is still just kind of bubbling. Um, and uh, so long story short is cr- I created this, this, this uh, web series called the modern day Mat- matchmaker, uh, the modern day matchmaker. And you can go to YouTube, you can look at it now. It never never got massive views. Um, but we consistently would put the modern day matchmaker out every week, high quality, you know, eight, nine, 10 minutes. I mean, it was, it was, it was costing a fortune to put these out. We were literally, we had literally used all of our savings to do this video series. Um, and, uh, and, and this is, it sounds like a joke, but this is the honest to God truth is we would put the video out we would get about nine, 10, or 11 views over a week. And I knew my mother was watching at least, you know, seven, nine times. <laughs> so it was one of those where I knew literally it was like my mom, the one person who was accidentally clicking on the video, and then like one or two other people watching. Uh, and then after uh, weeks and weeks and weeks of putting those out, uh, I've got a message from the Oprah Winfrey studio. Now, eventually, 
you know, I get this, get this message and they say, Hey Paul, we're, we're big fans of your work. Uh, you know, we want you to come to LA. Uh, and I eventually go to LA and they offer me a job. Uh, and that job is to co-host a television show. Like TV was, I, you know, I've, I have no TV background whatsoever. I was in finance and then a matchmaker and, and they offer me a television job as Oprah's co-host. It's like, you, it doesn't get any better than that. Um, but one thing that I want to, uh, that I want to underscore, and this is a story that I, I've probably have not, I've, I need to tell this more, but I'm going to tell you, Rita, is that, so it turns out that Oprah was one of the people viewing my videos. And so you think about that and you think about, there's many stories there, but there's a powerful story around quality over quantity, right? Uh, and the fact that, yeah, I was getting 11 views, but it was my mom and Oprah. <laughs> That's right. a win. You know what I mean? That's a win. Um, it's a my win. mom doesn't watch anything I do. That's an absolute <laughs> win. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those, well, tell your mom, she should be watching. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but then there's the question of, well, how did Oprah become a fan of your videos? And how she became a fan is something I didn't learn until much later. And it's something that Oprah told me. So I found out that there is someone who worked for Oprah, who was on Oprah's jet one day, right? Jetting around with Oprah. And Oprah on the jet openly is talking about we're developing a new show. We want it to be love related. We want to have, you know, a, a, a new love guru on. And this person hears Oprah say this and says, have you heard of Paul Brunson? And Oprah says, no, who's Paul Brunson? And, and they go to Google and they say, oh, it looks like he has a video. He has videos. Let's go. And that was the first day that Oprah watched The Modern Day Matchmaker. And then Oprah said, well, let's, just see, let's see. Is this a one-time shot? Let's see if he's, if, if, is he's, if he's serious about this. So she would, she would, you know, had it bookmarked or whatever, had subscribed, and she would, watch it when it would come out. And it was only after, you know, three or four of these that she said, oh, okay, I like what he's saying. I like his presence. I like his confidence. Bring him in. So now the question though becomes, how did this person on the jet know who I was? Well, it turns out that when I decided to become a matchmaker that year of diligence, I also did pro bono. So I brought on about a dozen people. I said, I, I said, I'm new to this. I was completely transparent. I said, I'm new to this matchmaking thing. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I promise you, if you come on as a pro bono client, I'll work my butt off for you, right? I, I will use every tool that I know to help you. And it turned out that one of my clients, I did not realize, was one of Oprah's employees. And she was the one who was on that jet that day. And it was because of that, that that whole circle came back around. Oh, I have to pause. There's so many good lessons in here that I just kind of want to, 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 to tap on them for a second, get them out because I, this is, this is, you know, me working with women entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, but I think 
these lessons can apply in, in any way, but specifically for business. I love that you did due diligence for a year when you started, because I think too many people are looking at the transactional and not at the long term. So there are a lot of uh, so-called entrepreneurs right now. There are a lot of people who are tapping their their foot and getting into, you know, dipping in the pool, whatever the phrase is, like starting starting ventures and starting things. And I think it's wonderful, but they're cutting right to, but I need results. I need clients. I need a sale. I need some money. I need this to happen. And what they're doing is they're not really taking time to build foundations, to build connections, to build relationships, to put things in place like you did, right? In order to to have the connections and have the opportunities that you might not even know about that grow from that. And the fact that you took pro bono clients, I just want to do this, right? I just want to get some clients. I want to get my name out there. I want to feel like I'm really running a business. I can't tell you how many people I meet every day that are against doing that who say, no, I don't take free clients. They don't value something. No, I'm not doing things pro bono because then nobody will take my business seriously. No, like I, I have value. I need to get paid my, (laughs) I need to get paid my value. And there's, they're, they're failing to look at the monetary value and all of the value of, of what can come from doing work pro bono. I know you have to run into this with some people who act like they can't take a free client, like they can only start, you know, and jump right in and they should be getting the clients and making making the money. What do you what do you say to that? Oh, I mean, you know, here's I, we have to understand that we, we must crawl before we walk. And uh, if you are launching, if you are beginning, if you are starting, then the most important asset that you'll, you'll have is experience. And so you want to do everything humanly possible to, to, to gain and, 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 and gather that experience. And so one of the restrictions around that is that paywall, right? Is, is you asking for, for, for money? So I decided to remove that. You know, clearly, um, you, you know, um, not everyone's in position to do it. You know, quite frankly, when I did it, we were struggling financially at that point, uh, but still realized that if I had the experience, then I could charge a premium. But until I had the, the actual experience, I would just be faking it. You know, oh, I've got so my hands I, I think, in the air. I'm like, you were preaching to the choir. Like we are, we are preaching it, Paul. Cause I think that this is so important. I hope everybody's listening. I think this is so important because if you hadn't had the experience, how are you going to charge the premium? Right. And like, you know, I'm a big yeah. mindset person. I love mindset. Like I really do believe that you're not really going to feel like you're running a business until you have clients. And if you're not right. getting clients because you don't have experience and so nobody wants to pay you the rate, you're going to charge, you're constantly going to feel like you don't actually have a business. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was really a game changer and, and also uh, being transparent with those uh, early clients to say, I, I am just starting, you know, opposed to, Oh, I've been doing this for quite some time. You know, that, that was, uh, that was helpful because they gave me a little bit more leeway. Yeah. But you know, what's really, again, that was an unconventional thing to do to say, you know, the, the mainstream is 
go get clients, go get paid clients, maybe start at a lower rate, build your way up. But no, not only am I going to take one pro bono client, right? I'm going to go all out and get many pro bono clients. And I think it came, I mean, I'm just assuming you can tell me if I'm wrong, you know, you better than I know you, but I think that it came from that place again of I'm hungry for this and I want this, I want this. And so I'm going to take the best, most quality action to make it happen and not what it should look like and what people think I should do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is, it's, it's the hunger, you know, I, every, every, uh, position, job, et cetera, that I take one question that I ask myself before is, can I be top 1% at doing this? And if the answer is no, then I don't do it. Uh, but if I believe I can, you know, there's a shot, you know, and maybe that's, it's going to take 10 years or 20 years, but I, I know that if, I believe I can be top 1%, then I do it. Uh, you know, uh, I interviewed uh, Swiss Beats, uh, Kasim Dean, um, uh, for USA Today once, and he said something so profound, and stay with me, and he says that, you know, he, the, 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 the barometer that he uses to determine if he's going to take on a project with someone is, can I make history doing it, right? It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's akin to when I interviewed Michael Lee Chin uh, the first black billionaire in North America uh, from Jamaica uh, now lives in Canada. And I asked him, how does he decide whether or not he's going to acquire a company? And he says, if I can make that company, if I can um, grow the valuation higher than it's ever been. Like, in a, so in, like the common through line there is that, you know, it's about exceptionalism, you know, and I think it's, it's the hunger for that exceptionalism. That's really what I think leads everyone down the, the path um, and, and helps people stay, stay focused on the process. And, and, and so and that, that's what I've seen to be a commonality with, with a lot of these folks who have been uber successful. I love that. And the hunger for the exceptionalism is just even the, the story you shared with will, will this make history? That is just a default belief that I'm going to make history. So I'm not going to spend my time on something that won't help me fulfill that. And I think belief yes. is the most, if you don't believe that they're, that it's going to succeed, if you don't believe in your ultimate success of a, of a relationship or of a business or of your health and wellness or of your, it's just not going to happen because you're not going to be consistent. And then you were consistent with your videos. I mean, now we're in an era of videos everywhere. People are putting videos up on 18 sites and one I mean every time you turn around Gary Vanderchuk is like Vanderchuk is in your face right like he's and he said that like I met him in Ve I was in Vegas I got to meet him and we were talking and he's like look I hired a team of 15 people so that I will be in your face on every social media platform that you turn around on right because I just want your attention and that's where attention is is on videos and on social media and so that's where I want to be so there are videos everywhere but there's so many people, again, that I see where well, they'll put up a video and they'll be like, well, I don't know. I left it up for two weeks and only 10 people watched it. And then I did another video and nobody liked it. Nobody commented on it. And then no one shared it. And so I did my third video. And now I'm just done. I think I'm just out. Like, this isn't working. So I need to hop over to, I need to hop over to some other <laughs> magic pill strategy to make this work that yeah. also won't show me results overnight like a Keurig coffee machine. And so then I need to bail on that strategy too. But you didn't bail on your strat, I mean, 10 people, 11 people are watching your video. But what Oprah said was, is this real? Let's see if he keeps this going and if he's going to keep doing it. And you did it not because of what you were getting, 
but because it was important to you to give, correct? To put this out there? Absolutely. And, you know, and I can even tie that back to uh, Reginald Lewis, you know, what I learned in terms of um, giving, you know, giving has, has helped my heart, you know, to the point where uh, it, it makes me care a lot more about everything. Um, and so, uh, I, I cared about the craft of the video, you know, if, if, you know, I, I almost encourage everybody to look at it because you'll see that this wasn't a, uh, put a camera in front of my face and I talk for X amount of minutes and that's it. These videos took, uh, 15, 20 hours to shoot. I was recruiting every video has, you know, a cast of 10, 12 people. I mean, we were, we, we were doing full on skits. I mean, this was, this was a production and it was because now, once again, I wasn't a producer at that time. Uh, you know, I didn't know TV was my, was going to be in my cards at that time, but I cared about the end product. I cared about making sure that the viewer learned something about relationships, about love, about dating. And I think that's what Oprah was looking for. She was saying to herself, wow, look at the level of attention to detail and effort this guy is putting into this. Can he consistently do it? And if he does consistently do this, and, and what does that mean? You know, because he's not monetizing this thing. Like, so it means that he really does care about yeah about getting this information out. I think uh, that's hit, really what she was, she was watching. Hit all my happy points, right? Because I'm a big one on just go all in on one thing and do it exceptionally well, really master it, learn it well, and then do something else and then do something else. And so you, there were a million ways you could have tried to announce to the world that you were there, that you had arrived, that you were a matchmaker and you were doing this. And instead of doing a whole bunch of things, just a little bit and getting a few results, you were like, I'm just gonna, I'm really investing my time here. I'm really in on this strategy and this is what I'm gonna do. And then my woo part of this a little bit, right? Is that it's kind of like too many people are are looking for specific results. So they're like, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna be a successful matchmaker. And I know it's gonna happen because I'm gonna put out these videos and then I'm gonna get clients from these videos. And when they're not getting clients from the videos, then they bail because the results that they're attached to aren't coming their way. However, if they had just said, no, like the results are coming. I don't know how, and I don't know when, but they're coming. I just need to keep showing up on my strategy and following through on the things that I'm committed to. And those results will come. I'll be there for them. Right. Then they, they would get the, right. the results, which in right. your case was Oprah. That was your result. Right. Which is like so much larger than a client that you might have gotten from watching one of the videos, because how many clients did did Oprah bring you? Right. Like in terms of having right. that no, and having right. that experience. Oh, no, no, you're right. I mean, Quite honestly, without the Oprah endorsement, uh, I mean, I, I there's, I just don't see how we could have built a, an agency that fast. You know, it, it was, um, you know, so to think, I mean, it was incredible. That was that video series. The return on that video series was was you can't quantify it, right? Um, but man, if I can go back and we could talk, oh, it was one of those where it was, we, we couldn't afford it. It was too much. Nobody <laughs> was watching it, you know, but the return has been 
oh man, I, I, I just can't describe what well, the return is. We're going to put links to it in the show notes so that people, so that people can watch it. But I think that that, it, again, it's just so important to say, yeah, you're going to go through all of that doubt, right? You're going to go through, nobody's watching it. And I don't know. And is it, can this really be done? But if you stay committed because you are hungry, if you stay committed because you have that desire and you just know inevitably you're going to be successful and you just focus on what you're giving and not what you're getting, then you get more than you ever could have thought on your own. Do you see that right. to be true in everything that you do? I see it to be true in everything that you do. Do you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in, in understanding that is it, it is a marathon, you know, understanding that it's, it's a, it's a competition really with yourself. Um, you know, it is, um, it is. And when I say competition w- with yourself, it, it really is, you know, I, that's one thing that I think I've substantially changed about myself over the years. I used to be a very competitive person with other people, but becoming very competitive with myself has taken my game to the highest level. Yeah, uh, totally. You know, li- literally like in, in the best gym analogy I can give is I used to be the guy that would walk into the gym look around and see what, like the weight, everybody, all the other people were bench pressing. And my goal was to put on more weight so they, they can see that I'm bench pressing more than them. That's what I would do in the gym. Mm. Uh, But now I go in with my headphones and I'm totally in my zone. I close my eyes and I can't, I can't see or hear anyone else. It's just me. And it's to the point where I don't even count reps, you know, I mean, occasionally I count reps, but I'm in there. I'm just pushing because I'm just seeing if, can I do it? Can I do, you know, one or two more, uh, or, 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 or feel a fatigue, like in, in my muscle that I've never felt before. Like it's, it's this whole thing of just, just, it's just myself and just doing that. I've been able to, you know, lift more or run faster that, you know, so it's this competition, you know, with, with self Uh, and and that has been huge return. Yeah. I think if you compare yourself to other people, you're just, I heard once comparison is the thief of joy. It's only going to focus you on what you don't have and what you focus on. We all know it just expands. You run right into it every time. So instead like focus on you and what you want. Right. Focus on on what you want to have, not what you don't have. And that's going to expand for you. I think that's so important. I'd love to talk to in this talking about, you know, your your family, because while we've talked about business and we've talked about kind of like your non-traditional, non-mainstream path to the jobs that you've had and and that you always kind of question things or took opportunities or stayed open to things and, and just all of the lessons that you've learned along the way, your your family life is also very non, non-traditional non in terms of how you raise your kids, in terms of your, which is a, a semi-controversial message around uh, your your marriage and like your wife's like kind of, I, I don't mean status, but your wife's status in comparison to your children, because I know you talk about that online and it always gets yeah. kind of a, a very like a, a huge reaction, some in favor and some not. And then in general, just kind of your decision right now, you are, so for people who don't, what's the name of the TV show that you're on? It's Celebs Celebs Dating. Is that oh, it? Ce- ce- celebs Go Dating. Celebs Go Dating. And it's in the UK and you're there. So half of the time you're in the UK and half of the time you're back home in the United States in the DC area. But your 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 family is with you 
wherever you yeah. are, right? Like, I mean, they're there for six months and then they come back for six months. And so all of this, right, that your your relationship life is very unconventional. How did you decide, right, something like, yeah, I want my family to be here and we're going to homeschool our kids and that's that's just what we're going to do. How did that process yeah. come about? Yeah, that, that's one where a lot of people look at us like we're crazy. Um, but um, when I got my first television job with Oprah. It filmed in Georgia. We lived in Washington, D.C. at the time. It was a 30-day shoot. My son had, was just born, and I had to leave for 30 days. Mm. Um, and we had one break of one day. So uh, my wife came down, and I saw my son once in the 30 days. And I cried and said, I'm never going to do this again. This makes no sense to me. These are the people I love the most. Uh, why separate myself from them uh, for so long? And so I made a rule, uh, or I shouldn't say I made a rule. My wife and I uh, agreed on it, but I was the one who you know, said, look, we got to do this. And that is, if either of us were to travel for longer than 10 business days, then the entire family goes. And that was 10 years ago. And we've kept that oh, since. So great. So if we travel, so if we travel, so most, most of the work is centered around me, you know, um, doing various projects. And so if it's 10 days or more, the entire family goes. And, uh, we have figured out so that if it's, if it's like, you know, London where we've been here on and off for a year, uh, I'm on my third series now, believe it or not, it's crazy, right? Yeah. We've done three series within a year. Um, but, uh, they come out here, they're homeschooled and we're very unconventional in our schooling. I mean, they get all of the basics, the, the math and the science and the reading, but, um, but we allow them to dictate what they do, for example, and we, and we do it based off of organic discussion uh, to try to increase curiosity because curiosity and kindness are two characteristics that we're really trying to grow with them. So we had a conversation. Uh, my son, who's eight, uh, thought that the, a gentleman who works at the front desk at our building uh, sounded like Dracula. And so he said, you know, Roz sounds like Dracula. Uh, and so... I encourage him to, my son, you know, we should go up to Ra to find out where he's from. If he sounds like Dracula, you know, and then Ra says, you know, I'm from Transylvania. And uh, I said to my son, did you know there was an actual Transylvania? Because I didn't. And I really didn't. I had no idea there was a real Transylvania. And so we go on to Google. And we find out, oh, my God, Transylvania is like one third of Romania. And so I said, okay. If you do a, if you, you know, you, 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 you read about the real Dracula, because clearly there must be a real Dracula, right? and you, you write a, 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 this little, this particular report on the real Dracula, you include A, B, and C, right? We'll go to Romania okay. and we will go to the actual, you know, castle, Dracula's castle. So he, he wrote it and literally within a week on one of my breaks here for, from filming, we flew to Romania. We were in Romania for three days. And we went to Transylvania. We went to Brand Castle. We learned about Vlad Dracula, you know, Vlad Tepish, the real Dracula. But that 
was his, that was history, his history lesson. I'm I'm writing, I'm writing my report right now on Italy and Tuscany. (laughs) I'll have it to you (laughs) in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Then we can go learn all about it. Like together. We'll just like travel. We'll bring Jill and the kids. It'll be great. Like I know, but I saw that you were also posting online for like, what was it of of some photographers and chess player? Like they're learning from real-time immersion basically in the skills that they're wanting to, to, learn more about yeah they they have the 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 wildest classes uh for what people think but yeah they so they have uh uh tomorrow for example they have chess uh so their their goal they want to both both my boys want to become chess masters uh by the time they are uh 10 um and then uh they take a baking class so they love baking but what they don't know is baking is really their Math. Their math, yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, yeah, so they so they bake, and then they have a clothing design class because uh, my youngest wants to be the next Virgil Abloh. He like <sighs> he's he wants to be a clothing designer. So um, so they design clothing, um, and they have a tutor that comes in and, and teaches them clothing design. Amazing. I mean, and you know what I love about I mean I love all of this, but I really love what you said at the beginning with like we made a rule that this is going to be it, right? If one of us is traveling 10 hours they, they, and we're all, I mean, 10 days, we're, we're all going together. And I think that so many people forget that they can create intentions around how they're going to do something. Because I heard this great quote that the process of getting there is the experience being there. So whatever your process is to get to where you're going will be the exact same experience that you have once you're there. So if you're miserable or you're chaotic or, you know, you're isolated through the process of getting there, once you arrive, it's going to be the same thing. It's not like magically you can just change your situation now when you built something based off of that kind of process and experience, right? And so I, I know someone, I love that. I know someone, Corey Javid, she is um, building her business. Uh, she's a, she's a friend of mine and she made an intention I'm creating a million dollar business and I do it working no more than 25 hours a week because I want to spend time with my family. And so she has indeed, like she's very close to that on the path to that because she holds firm to her, I guess, rule. But really I like to think of it as an intention because that's the way that I want the process to be because that's what I want the experience to be when I'm there. Yes. I love that. Isn't that great? Like I, I, love just, that. I love it. It's kind of like a great way to just, but what I love about your story is it shows people it's possible. You can set the parameters and build your success around it because I think ultimately that's what we're doing in our life with our career and our endeavors. We're just trying to support the life that we want to live. Right. And if we're not living our life, then what are we kind of, what are we kind of doing there? And the, the thing about your wife that I want to put out there is you say, my wife comes before my children period. Yes. Talk to us about that. Because it's super controversial. I mean, I don't think it's controversial, but I know people think that that's controversial. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And what I realize is, is that I think a lot of people interpret that as that means that we neglect our children, (laughs) which, uh, which, which is absolutely not the case. But the reason why I say that, and I, and I, and I truly believe it is that, um, the strength of our marriage is the foundation upon which we build everything else. Um, so we build our children, right? We build them up. Uh, we build our businesses because we're uh, these are our businesses. 
uh, you know, our, our other family relationships. Every, everything is based on this foundation, the strength of our relationship. And so therefore, it has the highest importance because if it begins, begins to have hairline fractures or major issues, then everything, it's this ripple effect, everything is impacted, right? But what I've, we've also noticed over the years, you know, because we, we'll be married 18 years this year, is, is that when the relationship is rock strong, everything else has a much, is, 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 is there's a much higher likelihood of its success. You know, when my wife and I are in sync in terms of our, our communication, our parenting is better, right? When we're in sync, uh, our businesses are better. You know, when we're in, so, so, so therefore that foundation is everything. And, and that's where we put the focus. I love it. The pillar, it's kind of like knowing what your pillar is that everything is built on top of and then really pouring into that because that makes everything else so much easier. Complete. I love, I love that. I think that that's, that that's wonderful. And then the bigger question that I know when I talk to entrepreneurs about you and I'm like, Oh, my friend, Paul and Paul and I are going down to Barbados and we're just going to have this great time. Yeah. We're always talking about like yeah. stuff that we do together. I'm, I'm talking about you and endeavors that you have, but one thing they're constantly amazed by when they go onto, you know, your social media and they start following you on Insta stories, which I suggest everybody does because Paul's Insta stories are great, mainly thanks to his two children who are so, I mean, I like you too, Paul, but your two children are just amazing. But um, they go, I don't get it. How is this guy doing all of these things? And yet he's home like to read his kid, to read to his kids and put him to bed. He's home helping ho yeah. homeschool. And he's because I run this little like 30 hour or whatever from my you know home <laughs> office. And, and I can't even talk to my kids and they're in the next room. So how is it that you run basically an empire because that's what you and your wife run. You run this. I mean, you have multiple businesses. You're running a, a complete empire and you still have time for all of those meaningful moments with your family because, and, and not just your immediate family, like I, your extended family visits a lot. You go see them a lot. And I think people are just like, how can you be working and not have that four hour work week philosophy and an actual four hour work week and still have time for all of that? Yeah. You know, I appreciate this question and it's fascinating that you asked this question on the back of the relationship because that is that I think that's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is that, you know, so my wife and I, we are life partners, right? We are business partners, we're parents, we're lovers, right? It's 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 all the above. So and, and the more that we are in sync, the easier it is for everything else to 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 to, to happen. Right. So uh, the fact that, uh, for example, I mean, actually, this is a great example, Rita. This is because this is this is great. Also, I think for your audience to hear this, this is this is real time. Right. So, you know, Rita, I've been filming. Right. I knew this interview was coming up. I've been head down filming. So, Rita, you knew you were like, OK, I'm, I'm not getting a hold of Paul. Let me just message the real boss yeah. let me message yeah. his wife yeah. jill right and and so J jill then uh it was like oh it's rita all right when are we going to do this right now why why does she know that she already knows the strength of our relationship i'm um, clearly you have a relationship already with jill but she knows the strength 
of my relationship with yours and the importance that I that I that I place on you. So so she or so it so it's it's interesting. She's she's already doing all of that thinking that a lot of us do. How important is this? Do we really need to do it? Right? She's already doing it because because we're in sync. Right. Right. Um, and and so uh, so she's like, all right, we got to get this done. This is when we're going to do it. Right. My point here is that that is a, that's a big drive behind why we're able to do things in, in such uh, fluidity because we're, we're in sync. Secondly, is that we do have a team. Every business that we're in, uh, there's some team assembled around the business. Third, is that these businesses are not arbitrarily linked together. There is a one thing, but there's also they're also synergistic. And that's very important, right? So the fact that I am in Jamaica building a school, now three, lends itself to, and I, and I have a team there that's involved with logistics, makes it very easy for me to then get into the logistics of shipping commercial coffee or exporting commercial coffee outside of, um, outside of Jamaica. Right, the fact that uh, I write about entrepreneurship in USA Today makes it synergistic for me to go on stage and talk about uh, about entrepreneurship. Right, so all of all of the businesses are synergistic. That's very important. So that's that's another one. Another is quite frankly, I've learned the power of saying no, and learned the power of picking my top three, right? So I've read so many books on how to manage your day and you know how to get how to optimize. And ultimately what I've learned from reading those things and you know the checklist manifesto, right? Um, but also through through my kind of career is that every day there's really only three things that I get done every day. That's it. Like three major things. You know, there's three uh, you know, big things on my to-do list that I normally get, which I don't necessarily have a to-do list, but you know, there's three things. So now I don't stress about, it. I know that the vast majority of my tasks for the day are going to drop through the cracks. I know that I am not going to answer lots of email. And this is bad, but I know it, right? Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to, to, to answer lots of uh, inbox messages. I know I'm going to miss 90% or 80% of my day, it's just going to happen. But what are those three things that I can do today that's going to change, that's going to make history for the business, mm. right? What are the three things today that's going to help get us to that top 1%? What are the three things that are going to put us in the place of exceptionalism? And I pick those three things and I do them with all of my heart. and. I'm done, and that's it. It's a wrap. I'm not focused on anything else. Uh, it's okay. Fires are going to happen. I've learned this now in business. Fires are are just going to happen. So, those are some of some of the ways. Uh, you know, I don't work on Sundays. Um, you know, I'm in bed early um, so that I can, uh, you know, be in bed with the boys. Like all of these things are 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 components of. What, 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 what's, I think what's allowed us to be able to 
get more of those moments, you know, make more of those memories with the family. I love it. So it's like, know what's important to you, have your non-negotiables clearly stated so that you don't negotiate them away. Know what your priorities are, delegate yes. everything else, anything that doesn't have to be you, and then give yourself grace over everything else that doesn't get done and just know that the outcome is still going to be successful and you're going to navigate it. You can trust in yourself to navigate it and you're just going to, you know, and then you are really living your life for your values and living your life for you and putting what's important first. And you can't help but feel joyous like that every single day. Man, that was succinctly said thank Rhea. you thank you i appreciate it paul thank you <laughs> i love i just think it's so important well we're like we have a lot of the same views which is you know but we have a lot of different yeah. views too but we have a lot of the same views and that's why i'm so glad to have you here and have you on my show and i do want to say thank you so much for being here one thing that i just kind of want to want to end on right like a takeaway or something for for the audience would be you know there are people out there thinking oh gosh i would you know I wish I could do this. And I know that at a certain level of success, people start thinking, well, of course he can just go do this because he already has this, this, and this. But like for people who are sitting there going, I, I'm ready. Like I've been thinking about my dream. I've been thinking about my vision. I'm really ready to, to take the first steps. I just don't know what the first, I'm ready to play by my own rules. I don't care what people think that I should do. What would your advice be? to them to, to get started. Maybe the minute that this recording ends, what is, you know, that they're done yep. listening to this episode, what is something that they could do? I was just with a friend uh, Saturday for dinner who asked the same question. And what I told her was you must surround yourself with people who are engaged in that kind of same activity. So other people who are launching their businesses, other people who are, um, a year or two into their business, other people who are ten years into their business, you, you, you. This, this is, this is, this is incredibly imperative to do. You know, so uh, for someone who's listening to this and says, "Okay, God, what do I do next?" I mean, you want to get into, uh, you want, you want to get into a community, get in, you know, further deepen yourself into Rita, into your community. You know, um, read more books. Uh, from entrepreneurs who are writing about their journey, listen to more podcasts, uh, attend more conferences, right? You want to steep yourself into that community because you begin to realize, wow, other people struggle, but all of these other struggles that people have that I have right now, they've been able to get through them, right? And they can share with you how to, you know, how they do it. What, you know, what, you know, what was the mindset shift? What was the, 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 the habit shift? What was the, the, the person they had to call, you know, um, all of these problems have been in existence, uh, since the beginning of time. It's just, and, and the strategies to resolve them have literally been in existence since, since the beginning of time. So that's the first step. The first step is don't travel alone. You know, the African proverb, you want to run quickly, uh, you know, over a short distance, you, you run along, run alone. Uh, but if you want to run a long distance, then you must run with others. And that's exactly what I would suggest. Perfect. So everyone listening, go find your community, go be a part of it, just show up for it. And the next step will show itself to you. So to close out some rapid fire questions, Paul, what's on your podcast playlist right now? 
Oh wow! So uh, <laughs> you'll like this, James Altucher. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my buddy. I love that. Yeah, Tim, Tim, I, w- I would say James Altucher, uh, Tim Ferriss, uh, revisionist history, and then because I am a super geek, there's a bunch of uh, history uh, podcasts like Hardcore History that I like to listen to. Nice. What's on your nightstand? What books? What books are on your nightstand? Ah, actually, let me tell you right now. I'm sitting right here. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock, The Man Who Knew Too Much, which I'm absolutely obsessed uh, with Alfred Hitchcock right now. Um, and then, let's see, is there Jill's? Oh, yeah, and then They Came Before Columbus, <laughs> The African Presence in Ancient America. So there you go. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I've become, like, obsessed with... Uh, obsessed with history. I love it. And then what are some projects that are going on in your world right now that, that people could follow or learn about? Is there anything at all that you want my audience to know about what's uh, you're doing a lot, but what are some things that are just jumping out that you would love for people to know about? Well, if anyone owns a, uh, many coffee retailers, (laughs) please let me know. (laughs) Uh, because we're doing a commercial coffee. Um, but I am. Uh, I think the coolest thing that I'm doing right now is uh, I'm launching a project called Better with Paul, uh, and it's just me looking at how can we become better at a variety of things. You know, how can we become uh, bigger thinkers? How can we become more pers- persuasive in our conversation? You know, how can we, uh, you know, literally train our brains to become smarter through exercise? You know, so uh, it's a it's it's my USA Today column converts into that better with Paul starting in, uh, in September. And then I'll be syndicated in a few newspapers around the world. Um, so that's something cool that I'm doing, uh, that I would encourage everyone to, to stay on the lookout for. And it'll, I'll always pump them through my social. Uh, so yeah. And I was about to, I was about to ask how can people, where are the best places on social or online for people to follow you to learn more? And we're going to put a whole bunch of stuff, anything we talked about today, you guys are going to find in the show notes and all relevant links, but where can people go right now to just start finding you? At Paul C. Brunson on your favorite platform. Uh, but my favorites right now are LinkedIn and, and Instagram you know, so, uh, but, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and, and YouTube, but at Paul C. Brunson. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much, Paul. I really appreciate your time today. I'm always so excited to talk to you. I'm really glad that you were here and that you gave us some insight, told us some great stories. And hopefully when we do the next Barbados Mastermind, because Paul runs an, a fabulous mastermind in Barbados that I help participate yeah. with. Everyone listening yes. will, you know, join us because that's going to be a great time. Yeah. You, you know what, Reed, and I want to say this too, if I could. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening to this will know if they know you, but those of you you listening who, who don't know Rita is, Rita, you truly, you are an exceptional person. And I'm not just saying it to, to try to gas your head, um, but you, you really are. And the reason why is because you have an amazing curiosity. Uh, and I think I mentioned that's one of the things, one of the one of the two right characteristics that we're trying to instill um, in in our boys. Um, and you really do. From the moment that I met you, I remember it was a panel discussion at a theater in D.C. 
Um, and your curiosity is just, uh, it's, it's, it's almost inspirational. And that is the one characteristic that I use to determine if I, you know, want to, if, 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 if I want to, you know, be in a, in a, in a friendship or in, in a community with, 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 with someone is they must have curiosity. Um, and your curiosity is exceptional. And I think that's what makes you, that's one of the reasons why, uh, why you're so exceptional and successful. And so I just wanted to underscore that. I really adore that about you is how curious you are. Thank you. My new phrase is thank you. I receive that. So thank you, Paul. I receive that. That was very nice to hear. And uh, yeah, I'm mutual ditto all the things back at you. Thank you again. Thank you everyone for listening. And I will talk to everyone soon. Catch you next week. Talk to you soon, Paul. Thank you. Take care. Next time on the Read a Mimi Do It show, I'm going to blame Keurig, and I'm going to blame Netflix, and I'm going to blame iTunes. Look, I don't have to go to a record store anymore. I don't have to get in my car and drive to the video store where I get a VHS and then come home to watch it, only to find out that the person in front of me did not actually rewind the video like they were supposed to. So then I have to wait while I rewind the video and then watch it. Yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't even have to put hot water in a coffee pot and wait for it because it's already hot and waiting for me. So why should I have to wait for all of the fun things that I want, like clients and travel and freedom and money, right? Well, today we're going to uncomplicate things. And I'm going to flat out tell you the three things that you can do to fix this problem and get out of your own way once and for all, but it's on you to do them. So I'm going to do even better. I'm going to leave you with a couple of actions that you can take and put into motion today so that you boost your visibility and your profits. So how's that for instant gratification? Hey, before you go, thank you for listening to my show. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcast, and leave a review. It'll only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the Rita Mimi Do It show. And my goal is to share this business-boosting and life-changing content with as many people as possible. In fact, because I value your time so much, every month, one reviewer will win a free coaching call with me. So if you want to get laser-focused and go all-in on the results that you most want in your business, then leave a review now. And then head on over to readamimidoit.com where you can find the show notes from today's episode.